For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Our guest today is Scott Saavedra, Professor of Chemistry and Biochemistry. Scott's research group focuses on making and analyzing complex molecular structures for lots of practical purposes, including, for instance, harvesting solar energy. Thanks for talking with us, Scott. Tell us about your work developing a kind of photovoltaic cell with organic molecules instead of the silicon-based photovoltaics that we might have in uh, solar panels on our rooftops today. That's right. Yeah. So, so solar cells are also known as photovoltaics, and uh, the the silicon-based cells that are on rooftops uh, uh, all over the world they are inorganic in 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 nature, and we're trying to replace the silicon semiconductor component of those with organics. Um, the reason to use organics is they're potentially lower cost and lighter weight. Uh, so one could think about making more flexible. Uh, flexible solar cells with them that could be used out in the field where it would, would be very difficult to carry one of those unwieldy panels along. So they're mobile. That's right, yes. They're used for mobile power applications. Mm -hmm. That's the promise of them. But you've mentioned to me that they're actually more fragile, less durable than, than the silicon yes, base? Yes, less durable, and they, uh, they tend to degrade uh, faster than silicon-based devices. So one of the challenges in this field is trying to uh, create devices that are low cost and efficient and also durable enough to last hopefully for years. And do you expect that they'll be more efficient than silicon-based photovoltaics? Well, right now, uh, organic photovoltaics and the inorganic organic perovskites, those composite materials, those are about 10 to 20 percent efficient on a laboratory scale. We're within about 10% of the rooftop silicon devices. So uh, they're already, from the efficiency standpoint, they're already comparable. I mean, they're a 15% device that you can carry out into the field where you wouldn't be able to carry this huge, heavy silicon-based device. We're already there. But the durability is an issue. They're sensitive to oxygen, and they break down over, over extended use. So that this, is, this is a challenge. And a lot of those challenges arise from uh, interfacing these organic materials to inorganic materials. Because in, in these solar devices, the organic material or the inorganic organic composite is the active material that absorbs the light. But you've always got to wire that up to other types of materials. And it's the interface between those that is the real challenge. You also are involved in a project to make sensors for molecules like toxins. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, so what we're trying to do is create artificial cell membranes that contain protein receptors, where the protein receptors bind uh, molecules of interest like toxins. They could also be used for uh, screening for new types of drugs. Basically, what we're doing is taking these, these receptors out of nature and we're putting them into these artificial membranes into places where nature never intended them to be, and we're trying to create environments in, in which the receptors keep their structure and therefore their function as well. And they, these devices can be really tiny, right? You can stretch a little piece of membrane across the tip of a tiny little Yes, pipette. yeah. The way these things work is that uh, uh, we typically only have one or maybe up to 10 protein receptors in a membrane. So the, the diameter of the membrane is on the order of about 
maybe a micron to 20 microns. It's pretty small. How big is a micron? A uh, micron is, 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 is one millionth of a meter. So it's about one millionth of 39 inches. Okay, very and, tiny. And we put electrodes on either side of the membrane, and we measure the movement of charges across the membrane. So you can actually use these detectors on, uh, against individual cells or in, in tiny places. That's right. The devices we're building now are actually designed to detect uh, release of molecules from cells. So uh, if you wanted to, for instance, ask yourself, is this molecule that I just synthesized, does it act on a cell in a drug-like manner? Well, we could uh, have the, the cell growing in culture and we could add the molecule of interest and place our sensor very close to the cell and see if the cell responds by releasing molecules that we could detect with this sensor. Thanks very much, Scott. You can hear this in all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.